afternoon. It's Dr. Charles Benz here, and you're listening to Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. Today's topic is going to be air pollution. You cannot escape it. And it's going to be a really interesting topic. We've covered it a little bit before, but today we're going to try to concentrate a little bit more on what to do about it, because I think we're going to collectively give up on government doing something that will change the situation in our lifetime and probably my grandchildren's lifetime as well. Uh, but I do need uh, a helping hand on this one from my friend John Barson from Total Health Magazine. John's been uh, the editor and the chief researcher there for 15 or 20 years at least. And uh, according to him, this is one of his favorite topics. So, John, um, how are you today? I'm, I'm fine. I was uh, pretty happy when you uh, suggested this topic for discussion. And I think it's a really important one. Yeah. Um, the World Health Organization came out with a new study. You know, we try to stay up on these things. That We're, we're, we're always bragging that we, we try to get to the latest research on things. And... Well, this headline was 99% of people are breathing poor quality air around the world, period. <laughs> period. Yeah. <laughs> and so, sure, uh, some places have worse air than other places. But I don't want people to take that approach and say, okay, well, we know that China and India and some of the big cities and other countries have this serious problem. But, you know, I live in the suburbs or I live in a rural area or I don't live in a very big city, so I'm okay. That's not really the way we want you to look at it. We want you to say to yourself, no matter where you are, you're not getting the air quality that you should. And there's things that you can and should do about it. So that's really going to be the, the, the focus of today's program. Do you, do you think we're on the right track? Well, we are, actually. Um, you know, uh, going through uh, a bit of the history of Total Health Magazine, uh, the third most popular article of the thousands of articles um, on our site in the, from the magazine, the uh, third most popular article of all time, drumroll please, is titled, Consumers Beware, Toxins Lurking in your clothing it starts with what you're wearing yes it does i mean i i worry about every time a piece of uh clothing comes from another country that i'm suspicious about and i think okay i know what they say to do you hang it outside uh, you let it air out a while then you wash it and then you wear it is that more or less what you had in mind that's well, yes, um, and, and of course, the one of the, the worst offenders. I'm by a country mile or close that come from China. You know, in China, in these towns and cities where they where they have large clothing manufacturers, uh, their local water, like their rivers, they're dead. Right. They're 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 dead, and um, and, and and what's really disappointing is, uh, I mean, just when you think about textiles and clothing. Uh, over 8,000 untested chemicals are used in the manufacturing of clothing. And the U.S. is one of the few countries in the world that do not regulate chemicals in clothing, even knowing what we know. Wow. Well, you know, this has been such a popular topic for so long. There's been 135 scientific studies, 135,000 
scientific studies done um, on PubMed about uh, air pollution. And I, this, might, this might be a, a conservative figure, I'm not sure, but apparently 10.2 million people die every year of air pollution. So it's very specific of what can happen. And when you look at the headlines, childhood asthma is going through the roof. I mean, it's just doubling every five years. It's unbelievable how many kids are having asthma. And so if you're a kid and you're living in a big city, um, that air is not doing you any good at all. And so this is really something that we, ha we do have to tackle it and you know, get less of these pollution-emitting cars uh, off the road or more of them off the road and get more green spaces in our urban areas. But I'm going to be pretty radical when I get around to recommending uh, what should be done because it's only getting worse. I mean, we have particulate matter, we have nitrogen uh, dioxide. Now we have rubber and plastic particles showing up in the air. And now they're showing up in the blood tests that are being done. And when they do autopsies, they're finding out that there's particles, these plastic particles are in almost every organ in the body. And so we literally cannot escape it. I mean, we didn't really think about the rubber on the road, but all these cars that are rolling down the road on their rubber tires, they're emitting these small micro particles of rubber. And they're going up in the air, they're going then down into the water. And so we're getting inundated with these chemicals and they're now saying that by the year 2050, 66% of the human population will be in large urban areas. Well, here's another one for you. Uh, I can't recall the study. I tried finding it this morning. Um, the link for the studies that I don't have the link to. Uh, however, um, when I was living in Mexico City, uh, the house that I was living in, uh, the first thing I noticed when I when I moved in there was that uh, around throughout the house they had plugged in um, those little um, air fragrance things to make the house smell nice, and uh, I I was just, I was like I I stopped I thought I can't even walk in this house <laughs> because the uh, um, in a study they showed that uh, the a chemical in those plug in the wall smelly things when it interacts with ozone from vehicle exhaust and i'm in mexico city at this point there's a lot of vehicle exhaust um, it actually converts to a chemical very 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 similar to the gas they used in um, the middle east on the kurds wow a tox it turned it into a toxic gas I mean, you know, we're talking about air pollution, but there's, I mean, just the air pollution in the home from the, as I mentioned, the clothing, like formaldehyde is one of the, the biggest problems there. Uh, the Teflon is the second biggest one. Um, and then you've got uh, flame retardants um, on your bedding, on your mattresses. I mean, it's just, we're, we're, we're starting, I mean, <laughs> People, and it's not, it's not just becoming aware of it. I think we also have to talk about, you know, we have to talk to our, our, our politicians. We have to make decisions. I mean, just look at California. A lot of, um, you know, most states don't follow the rules in California. But uh, one of the studies I'm looking at right now uh, goes back between 1990 and 2014. Um, they estimate that the improved air quality in California 
due to their newer regulations, cut the annual number of diesel-related cardiopulmonary deaths in the state by half compared to the number of deaths that would have occurred if California had followed the same trajectory as the rest of the country. Well, you're right. There, there, there are things that they are doing. You know, yeah. they, they've got the lead out of the, out of, out of the uh, gas, gasoline. And so I, I'm, I'm glad that they're doing these things because um, I think when you, when you look at uh, another study that, that, that recently, well, two of them that came up, one of them was on breast cancer. And um, they found out that um, 100% of the, of the mothers who are breastfeeding were feeding their children with uh, tainted milk from the pollution in the air or the water. Within 50 miles of the Great Lakes, they had done this study and found out that 100% of the, of the mothers that were feeding their babies were feeding them tainted, uh, poisoned milk, more or less. And, and now there's another study that comes out that says there's this, uh, this surprising increase in the level of schizophrenia in urban areas. And when they look at the reasons why, uh, number one, air pollution. Number two, low vitamin D3. And number uh, three is uh, increased stress. And when you put those factors together, that impacts the amount of dopamine that's in the brain. And guess what one of the main triggers for schizophrenia is? low dopamine levels and so it's crazy it can it can go everywhere from asthma to cancer to schizophrenia i mean the number of illnesses that are that are being caused by air pollution are just as, as long as, as you want to make it the problem is there's toxins coming from everywhere and so they're in the food they're in the water they're in the air they're in the clothing they're everywhere so how do you pinpoint which one are which ones are the most egregious and the ones who are actually causing this particular illness or this particular disease that's where i i have the problem is we can't pinpoint it and so the manufacturers and 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 politicians get away with saying oh well we don't have any specific studies that point to that well and um i think one of the biggest issues too is uh, the power of the lobbyists I mean, the, the, the lobbyists in the textile industry, the lobbyists in the fossil fuel industry, um, and the lack of uh, motivation by politicians uh, to take them on. Yeah, but now even they have to live in this polluted air. I mean, that's one of the things that we were saying when we were younger, back 20 or 30 years ago, we were saying, well, you can move to the suburbs and you get away from the pollution in the cities. Well, guess what? You don't really get away from it now. Uh, it's everywhere. So let's launch this. Well, then then I think, that, well, taking it from that perspective, then what we need are much younger politicians <laughs> that have a much longer lifespan, not politicians that have been in office for 50 years and uh, and are at, you know, nearing death's door. And, and really, that's not a concern to them. Yeah. No, I, listen, it, it was a wake-up call for me when I was living in Toronto and I was not a, a, a sailor, and yet a friend of mine wanted to go out on Lake Ontario. And we went out there, and um, I, I turned around at one point. I guess we were five or ten miles out into the Lake Ontario. I turned around, and there was this brown haze all around the city of Toronto. I mean, it was just like they had a, a, a shell over the city. And I thought, are you kidding me? 
That's the air that I'm breathing every day that my kids are breathing and now my grandkids are breathing. That's insane. So I immediately said to everybody, if you can get out of the city, get the heck out of there. And if you can't get out of the city for some reason or another, then move to the West. And then everybody in my, <laughs> everybody in my family moved to the West of Toronto so that they could have some cleaner air. Now, mind you, down the road, about 100 miles, is the city of Hamilton, which is a, a coal and, and steel con, uh, company yes. city. And so you gotta be careful which, which way the pollution goes. Hamilton is like the Pittsburgh of yes, Canada. it is exactly that. And so fortunately, uh, most of the air comes from a little bit north and then down towards uh, to London and, and, and Detroit. But still, it's better than being right in the soup, so to speak, which is right in the middle of the city of Toronto. So that's my first advice to people. If you can, and you have any issues with your lungs or your kids or grandkids have any issues with their lungs, get out of the city. And if you can't, move to the west, generally speaking. I mean, it all depends on what's further west of you, but uh, I think generally speaking, that's the way because that's where, they're, where the prevailing winds come through from from the from the west. So those are my first two recommendations. What what, yes. what, do, what do you think about that and about related things to where people can live? Well, uh, I, I I completely agree with you there. I do recall when I was um, much younger and training for triathlons. I remember one day I walked out of the house and I looked to the east and we're an hour, uh, an hour's drive east of Vancouver. So we're out of the city, so to speak. And uh, there's a mountain, beautiful mountain, Sham, Mount Sham, which is um, about maybe 10 miles from my house. And it's 7,000 feet high. And my house, I think, is at 33 feet above sea level. So it's, it's pretty prominent and uh, it's beautiful. And I walked out of the house one day to go for a run, and I couldn't see the mountain. Uh, that's a that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> this is what I'm breathing. I'm going to go run ten miles, and uh, and I'm going to be breathing that air. And uh, I actually ended up moving to the coast, <laughs> so <laughs> on the west side of the city so that the air coming off the ocean because it was taking all of that air from the city and dumping it into the valley um, where we were living so you're right i think uh you know thinking in terms of your your actual um, the environment that surrounds you um that's that's very important well and 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 i know that uh, some of my friends have lived in cities and gone to workplaces where the workplace was the worst uh, culprit in terms of, of bad air and so i've urged everybody that could get any action by their employer to do water quality tests to find out what the heck is in the air because just like you said if, if you have a glue that has been used to put down a, a floor, nine times out of 10, that glue has chemicals in it that you don't want to breathe every day. And so I've, I know companies that have torn out their, uh, their, their, their flooring to put in a, the, the non-carcinogenic uh, glue. And so that's something that you can do 
And especially if you have problems or you have concerns because of what you're smelling and what kind of industry you're involved in, you want to make sure that you're, you're breathing the highest quality air that you can, can possibly breathe. The rest of the time, you're either on your way to, to home or, or in the home. Most of the air pollution, and this was another study that came out two or three months ago, most of the people who are suffering from air quality problems are mostly concerned about their internal air. That's where most people are breathing most of the air that they take in. And so in the home, we know there's so many chemicals that people are using to clean their, their homes and, and, and do everything else that, that involves cleaning of some kind. And so I have said to people, look, you can do a test, you can go on Amazon and you can have a test done of the quality of air. And I did that in my home. I bought a new home five years ago because both my wife and I were complaining that we, we couldn't breathe, that we're getting headaches. Sure enough, I got the, the, the contractor uh, to give me a list of things that were used in the new floors that he put down. And sure enough, that was one of the main problems. In my office, I ripped out the whole floor. It was a new floor. I ripped it out and got the better quality product put down, both the glue and the product itself. You know, we did another test and the whole thing was went, went, went back to healthy just by changing one room, by getting finding out what the culprit was and then getting rid of it. And so that was, that was an expensive, but still, you know, we weren't satisfied. We went and got an air cleaner. We, we did the research and we found an air cleaner that was so good. It was used by uh, a teenager who was complaining air and uh, air, air quality problems, couldn't get out of the house because it was so polluted. And, and it's anyway, they hired some engineers and some scientists and they developed this particular air cleaner and, and they, they used it on her and they found out it was a miraculous uh, development, has seven different kinds of filters in it. And so I'm going to recommend people look at this thing called Multitech IntelliPro. Multitech IntelliPro, E-I-N-T-E-L-L-I Pro. Multitech IntelliPro, I'm telling you, the air is so clean, we don't even have any dust in our house. I mean, it's just amazing. We have, we have good filters on our, on our furnace and our air conditioning as well. But the combination of what we have on our air conditioner and what we have with this uh, IntelliPro, we, we, we think we're breathing some of the best air possible, which is one of the reasons why I don't mind spending a lot of time inside. I'm getting some pretty good air. <laughs> so, well, that, I think that's a, that's a great suggestion. Well, it, it, it really worked uh, for us, and now I've got all I've got mo I've got two of my two of my kids and their grandchildren that have been raised with this IntelliPro in their house, and uh, I, I think they're very happy with that. And then I think the, the the thing that I want to remind people is it also depends on what you eat. Because you, if you eat certain foods, there's certain foods that are very supportive to your lungs. So beets and, and beet greens and peppers and apples and pumpkins and turmeric and tomatoes and blueberries and green tea and red cabbage and, and uh, parsley or uh, Brazil nuts and Swiss chard. Um, 
I don't know whether you have any more that can go on that list, but if people would eat a couple of... No, actually, I'm, I, my mouth is still watering as soon as you said red beets because uh, one of the first things I did when I got an Instant Pot, which I just love because I do my shard, I do my, 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 my greens and everything, I steam them in my IntelliPot, but, or in my IntelliPot, I'm looking at your multi-tech IntelliPro, I just Googled it, uh, <laughs> in my Instant Pot. Um, and um, the uh, I, my favorite beet recipe is um, get the pot, throw in uh, four big beets, um, half a cup of water, I steam them, uh, the skins fall off, I, I cube them, and then I put them in a mason jar with uh, organic apple cider. Wow. And, oh, they're so that's, good. That's a good brew. Let them sit for a few days. and. <laughs> well, th those are the kinds of things that, that people have control over, all right? They, don't, they not, might have con not have control over what the national or state politicians do. Hopefully, they would be willing to have some control over what the local politicians do. But you have control over what you do with your clothes if they're from China, as you pointed out. Uh, you know, clean them, wash them, try to get those chemicals out. And you have control over whether you go to the store. There's a whole series of cleaning products in uh, Whole Foods that are all green. In other words, they're, they're, they're trying to use less and less chemicals all the time. Those are the kind of things that you should be using to clean your clothes, clean everything in your house that requires cleaning. Should be done with these clean, uh, these clean uh, products, so that you don't yeah, avoid avoid triclosan. Avoid. I mean, it's just I see it everywhere in, in hand cleaners and shampoos and like all this antibacterial. If it says antibacterial, it's anti-life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're 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 using some chemical to kill another chemical. Uh, I I just want to repeat the list because a lot of people say to me, I didn't I wasn't able to write down everything you said. Well, you know, you can go back and and listen to it again because everything every program is recorded, and you can go into the library anytime and repeat it again, and and then you can stop and start it and get the list. But it's the beets, beet greens, peppers, apples, pumpkins turmeric, tomatoes, blueberries, green tea, red cabbage, Brazil nuts, Swiss chard. And I think, you know, I, I, I said this morning after I ate my breakfast, you know, I just ate six vegetables and fruits in one, in, in one meal. And so I had cabbage, I had uh, carrots, and... Um, what else did I have? I also had a banana, and I had melon, and I had kiwi, and I forget what the sixth vegetable was. Oh, broccoli! <laughs> Thank goodness. So it was, yeah, it was it was broccoli and cabbage and carrots, and then for fruit I had kiwis and bananas and uh, melon, melons. Yeah, so. I didn't have, you know, a, a great big fistful of everything, but I had, you know, like a half uh, uh, or, or more of a portion for each one of them. And then I had some protein, you know, I had, I had some turkey or something like that and some whole grain bread. And uh, that's, people say, well, you eat vegetables in the morning? <laughs> yes. I've been eating vegetables in the morning for as many years as I can remember being on this planet. 
And so when people get stuck in these things of having their coffee and their donut or they have their right. coffee and their cereal and maybe a little bit of fruit with that, that's just not the way. You have to have seven to nine helpings of fruits and vegetables. And one of the things that I say to people, if you want to get your day started, have a green drink. I mean, there's a green product called Greens First, and it gives you the equivalent of seven to nine helpings of fruits and vegetables without all the sugar. And so when you have your green drink in the morning, your shake, then you put your amino acids in there, you, you put your green powder in there, you, you mix it with coconut uh, milk or coconut water, and then you put some actual fruits and vegetables in it and grind it up. And so you can put spinach in there, you can put kale in there, you can put all kinds of things in there. I put chia and that in. Can be your, that, that, oh yeah, you're a chia man, I remember that. Yeah. And so that can be your breakfast. That and a, and a whole grain, uh, really healthy whole grain bread, that's as good a breakfast as you're ever gonna get. I like and the chia can, because it's, it's, it's um, you, you make the, green, the drink and let it sit for a few minutes and then the chia pumps up. Um, I actually grind my chia too sometimes, so I have a, a jar there. I keep my ground chia for putting in cereal and um, a healthy cereal, not sugar cereal. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, you get your you get the fiber from that, and you get all your amino acids added to your drink. Well, and uh, I I use uh, sesame seeds and uh, also pumpkin seeds, and uh, sometimes flax seeds. So and flax seeds. Yeah, yeah, there's all kinds of great seeds that you can put in there. And so this is great because this is like giving you a lot of fiber. And so that slows down whatever sugar that you're going to be consuming inside the, the drink with the fruit, for instance. When you have these seeds in there, then that giving you, that's giving you the fiber that really makes it a complex carbohydrate. So that then you get a slow burning of that sugar and you don't get that spike of the glucose that you, that you often get when you don't have fiber included in your morning meal. And so it's, it's really important that people do that in the morning and, and get a good start. So I hope they're taking this to heart. And finally, I want to give them a list of supplements because you know all supplements aren't the same. And there's some supplements that sort of gravitate to certain parts of the body and do their beneficial thing uh, more there than say in other places in the body. And so um, uh, vitamin C and vitamin D3 and magnesium and omega-3 and they think a multivitamin is also good. Curcumin and acetylcysteine, vitamin E and oregano. These are all things that have been scientifically shown to improve the cellular health of your tissues in your lungs. And that means helping to get those toxins out and, and then Finally, I mean, you and I, we're exercisers and athletes, so we breathe all the time. But a lot of people don't remember that if you don't breathe at least deeply for 20 or 30 minutes uh, when you're exercising, you're not getting rid of the stale air. As much as 25% of the air will stay in the bottom of the lungs and become stale if it's not moved. And so if you can't do exercise, what you can do is deep breathing. And uh, you can do just regular deep breathing or you can do a technique that uh, was developed by a professor at Harvard where he, breathe, he said to people, breathe in four times and on the fourth time, breathe in as deeply as you can to get your lungs really totally filled and then hold it for a count of seven. 
and then push the air out with eight short pushes until you get to the eighth one and then you really push the last one out. And this guy's name was Herbert Benson, I think. And he taught this technique and I was at a conference and he taught it. Do you know, and he looked at everybody and half the people in the room looked like they had just taken drugs. You know, they, they'd gotten this high. And uh, he said, yeah, he said, I see it on your faces. You just got an oxygen high. And I said, and he said, the ones that didn't get it the first time, try it again. And the ones that tried it again, they went, oh yeah, got it that time. Because when you take that oxygen and you get it into your brain and into your lungs, you really do feel the difference. And your body gives you this little boost. It's kind of like runner's high. You know, if, if you and I have probably had this before from running and biking, where when you're done, you just lay down, it feels like you're floating on air because your body just feels like, you know, you're, you're in a state of bliss. Can I add something real quick? So I know we're going to run out of time. Um, I, I, you know, I'm in my mid sixties and, uh, I'm a, I'm a long, long, long time cyclist. And, um, I found that, uh, I mentioned this briefly on, a, on one of our earlier shows, but it was, I think this is pretty important when it took, comes to the breathing aspect of it. So, um, I was caught out, uh, after dark and a terrible weather, whatever event and on the bike, rain and wind and hurricane winds almost. And, uh, but I got back next morning, I checked my my, I monitored my rides, so I monitored my what zones I was in, and I was ninety-five uh, percent of the ride. I was in the in the red, and you, you don't want to be in the red. And and I thought about the a couple of days later, and then I I did my hill climb, and again I noticed how much I was in the red, and then I thought, well, I wonder if I apply my the the biofeedback uh, deep breathing techniques that I practice with the body health analyzer. And so I, I got the phone, I mounted it, and I watched the zones I was in. And I practiced, it took a few rides, but I practiced to keep my breathing, my deep breathing in the fat burning zone and the healthy cardio zone and breathing properly and being conscious of that. I got to the point fairly quickly where I could literally do that hill ride where I'm normally in the red. Wow. Never go in the well, red. That was gonna be my last uh, topic. How do you measure how effective you are? And so your heart rate variability unit is a, is, a, is a good thing to use for that. You can also use a lung function test. Any doctor can do that. And you can use an oximeter. And so I carry an oximeter with me when I'm exercising and I'll just sort of check every once in a while. And normally I'm like you, I'm, I'm kind of in the six, uh, 95 to 96 range. But when I really work and, and, and make sure I'm doing the deep breathing, I get up into the 98 and 99 level, and that's where you wanna be. So that's kind of like a cheater's heart rate variability. Yours is much more sophisticated than my little. Well, actually, actually we have three different sensors. One of them is an oximeter. So it's, it does the heart rate variability on that. But I wanted to add one more thing. If you're sitting in rush hour traffic and you're monitoring, you can actually monitor and see how much your drive impacts your heart rate variability and you will be shocked. It is significantly measurable if you're sitting in rush hour traffic. If you see what happens to your heart rate variability, you're going to think, okay, how do I change this? Well, listen, uh, John, if you want to, uh, you can do it now, we can do it the next time. Give a little pr uh, commercial so that if people want to reach out to you and get more information on the heart rate variability uh, unit, 
um, tell them how they can do that because uh, I think they'd like to know. Well, we're 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 just we're getting close to launching the Android version uh, for the sensors, so um, that's why I haven't really been talking a whole lot about it. But uh, I just want to say briefly that it's been in development. This particular technology has been in development for over twenty-five years. There are over twenty-five thousand studies on heart rate variability. Primarily, it's been used by researchers, cardiovascular researchers, universities, and hospitals, and whatnot. And you typically have needed an expert to help analyze your heart rate variability results. But what we're doing, and we will bring to market very shortly, um, you can take a look at what we're doing on bodyhealthanalyzer.com. But what we're doing is we're, uh, with our, our new algorithms, we're allowing uh, people to actually at, do their own follow everything themselves. And they can use it with a health professional uh, for consultation, but we've developed it in such a way that it makes it very easy for people to understand the status of their health, their body, how it functions, um, and it assesses your parasympathetic nervous system, your autonomic nervous system, your vagus nerve, your borrow reflex, uh, all of the uh, cardiovascular aging. We have an aging speed, so it tells you actually how fast you're aging. So if you're an athlete or well, anybody that wants to know literally how fast they're aging, because it's a fantastic indicator of uh, your health, it'll tell you things long before you can feel them. Long before you can feel them. So you can follow us at Body Health Analyzer. Yes, that sounded you. like a commercial, John. And, and well, so, <laughs> I didn't want it to be a commercial. No, it's <laughs> really okay. Did. It's good. It leads me right into our sponsors because we have to mention our sponsors at the end of every show. And so the first one I'm going to mention is Paddock Pools, and and they're relevant to this topic today because uh, yes. we're talking about chemicals. Uh, I mean. When you combine the body liquids with uh, with the chlorine in the pool, you get this chlorine gas that's very toxic. And they have a vacuum extractor that takes that chlorine gas off, gets rid of about 95% of it. And so in the pools that are, that are being built uh, by and augmented by paddock pools, people are getting much better uh, oxygen to breathe. And if you breathe this, this uh, chlorine gas too excessively, you can actually deplete the amount of zinc in your body and also then that depletes the amount of vitamin D3 in your body which can lead to cancer. So very important, I think paddock pools is some some place that if you're looking to change your pool, make it better for your community or get a new pool, paddock pools in Rock Hill, South Carolina is the place to go. The second sponsor is MPB Health. Uh, they're not a health insurance company. They're a medical cost sharing company. And so they pay attention to wellness a lot. I mean, that's why they're, that's why they're advertising and sponsoring this show. And uh, they use a lot of techniques to try to get the health costs down for their members. And by doing that and by negotiating the doctor and hospital bills to get them down where the big insurance companies are getting them, they're actually able to reduce the overall insurance cost by somewhere between 30 and 50%. So MPB Health, you can go online and you can see their videos and you can get a call to a representative and they can tell you whether this might be the right solution for you if your health insurance is becoming too high. And SunTrust Financial Planning, that's a group in Sarasota. I've been working with them for about 20 years. And they also are more interested or just as interested in health as they are wealth. So they'll, they'll, they'll help you to get your portfolio together, but you can really enjoy the money that you save if you're not healthy. 
And so uh, they have sponsored our show. They do workshops for us. They're now spreading the word to uh, a bigger group that they belong to that's also going to be promoting health and wellness. And so Sun, Sun, the Southern Trust Financial is uh, in Sarasota, Florida, and you can look them up and find out how to get your portfolio tuned up and get your health tuned up at the same time. And the final sponsor is DHA Labs. They're in the Chicago area. They've been very progressive in, in putting uh, panels together, whether they're blood or urine or, or gene, uh, genetic t- panels, to find illnesses before they become illnesses. In other words, when your cells are going through what we know are six stages of cellular deterioration, if you can find that five to 10 years before a disease actually starts, then you've got a chance to prevent that illness. And so you have to have good tests in order to do that. So tell your doctor, or you can do it yourself because DHA Labs has their own doctors. And so you can actually order this test off of my website. I have about six or seven of them on on my website. It's drcharlesbenz.com. And so you can then get these uh, lab tests and you get the results sent to you. You can send them to your doctor if you want to. And uh, then you can find out whether whether you're gonna benefit from some of these tests. So those are our sponsors. We thank them a lot. I thank my guest, uh, John Barson, for doing what he always does, and that is in bringing relevant information to the discussion. So thank you, John, and thank to our listeners, and we'll, we'll see you all the next time. Bye for now.